Welcome to the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and I am super excited today because I have Mo Abbas of Acadium, formerly Gen M, if you've heard of that before, but it is Acadium. And he is the CEO and co-founder of the company that I have experienced and enjoyed. And I'm just really honored to have him here today. So uh, please welcome him. Thanks for coming, Mo. Thank you for having me. Appreciate being here. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you serve people. Absolutely. I guess I'll start a bit with my own story here. My my family came as refugees when I was a young child. I was three years old where we came uh, as refugees from Lebanon during the war. And this country's been very good to us. It's enabled us to start a, a new life. And it's been, it was very challenging. I grew up definitely in poverty. You know, my father would work pretty much all day and night to support our family. We're a family of seven. And, you know, I would actually also work as when I was 10 years old, I remember going door to door and selling different services and products to help support my family. I didn't keep any of the money, but it taught me a lot about sales and got to meet a bunch of cool people. And really, that was kind of my first, I guess, you know, amateur foray into entrepreneurship. I just went door to door and talked to people. And so I actually did pretty well doing that. And, you know, fast forward, high school, didn't really believe in the education system. Didn't do well at all in high school. It was just, you know, it was a lot of bullies in my school. And most of the time was just dealing with bullies and inept teachers, frankly, who just we're barely qualified to be teachers that we were supposed to listen to and, and learn from that barely understood what they were teaching us. And that was very frustrating to me. And I ended up dropping out of high school, actually. It just wasn't something I believed in. The system, you know, at least the school that I went to, I know there's a lot of great schools out there, but I didn't really go to a good school. It just was part of my circumstance. And instead, I did a couple of things. I did some work, traveled, earned a bunch of money doing, you know, contract work as an 18-year-old and got to travel, you know, at the same time and came back to my hometown and started a landscaping company, going door to door again, lo and behold. And that's what I did. I went door to door. I got more sophisticated. It was my first semi-pro foray into entrepreneurship where I would go to a door, but I had a system, I had a business, I had employees and, you know, I would do a lot of the work myself at that time frame. I was uh, 18 years old and, you know, I, I am actually a really big believer in learning, just to be clear on that. I believe that we can teach ourselves and that really the best way to learn is by teaching yourself. So what I would do you know, is in the off season, I would go to a bookstore and I would read. I would read for six to eight hours a day. That was my life. I would read and I would work out. That's the only thing I did in my, when I was 18, all the way to 20, pretty much. And in the off season, and I learned a lot that way. I learned from people who spent their whole lives developing a book and they are the best subject matter expert in the whole world in this one subject. To me, that was a lot more compelling than, you know, uh, a 40, 50 year old person who, you know, goes to work as a teacher, but doesn't really like their job and, you know, has a classroom of 20 people and doesn't really know the subject that well. It was just a lot more compelling to learn from the very, very best in the world. People like, you know, you want to learn from, from at the time, Tony Robbins or, you know, Warren Buffett or you know, Stephen Pink or whoever it may be at the time you wanted, you know, Robert Cialdini. 
it, it doesn't really matter. The point is you could go and learn from these experts. And that's what I did. And at the same time, instead of going to post-secondary, I had just started a business. And instead of getting into debt, I was making money, in fact. So not only was I learning a lot quicker and a lot more relative material, I was actually also earning income at the same time. And you know, so I ended up selling those. I had two landscaping companies. I sold them, made a little bit more money doing that. And I gave some back to, to my parents, of course, something you have to do. And from there, I started a construction company. So from landscaping to construction, I, I didn't know anything about construction. Okay, I knew nothing. I didn't know what drywall was, never really picked up a hammer in my life. And the only reason I got into it is because I had a friend who was managing a gym and they needed to renovate the gym. And he's like, hey, Mo, I can get you this contract. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Back then, I said yes to everything. I love that. You know, I think when you're young, you have to take a lot of shots because you just don't know what's going to work or not work, what you want or not or, or don't like. And so I would just say yes to a lot of things. This is how I end up traveling North America and making money. Just, you know, somebody saw me in a parking lot. I was like, hey, there's this thing they're recruiting. You want to check it out? Yes. Two weeks later, I'm in British Columbia. Three months later, I'm in Palm Beach, Florida, right? Just, just say yes. You know, as you get older, that kind of shifts into saying no a lot more. You're a lot more considerate. You know what you want. You know, time becomes more valuable to you. So that actually changes throughout your life. So I, I started this construction company and it was really, really hard. I knew nothing. You know, here I was, 19 years old. I'm in the basement of this mall, renovating this gym. You know, and it, I, I remember it was one time it was like 2 a.m., and I, I just brought down like nine cinder blocks, nine skids of cinder blocks. And my hands were all torn up and bleeding. And it was all dusty and dark. And I was by myself because I didn't know anybody in the trades. I didn't know what I was doing, really. And, you know, I'm looking at these plans and I don't know how to read them. And I just wanted to cry because the little money that I'd saved from selling my landscaping companies, I was about to lose all that money. Actually, I pretty much did lose most of that money in that contract because I didn't get paid. It turns out there's a reason why I got the contract is because I was an amateur fool that they were going to hustle, right? So, oh, man. That's, yeah, that's just the nature of, of that world, ultimately. But I ended up actually you know, learning from a few people that I, I ended up finding to help. It was quite challenging. It was very, very challenging. I, I did that for six months and it didn't get anywhere. And then the next contract I got was also very challenging. Just at that time frame, I, was, I had to deal with the union. So I'm like 19 years old and I had to fight the union who was trying to unionize my company in the trades. And I was like, what? I don't have any employees. These are contractors. And I actually lost that one too. So... You know, at that point, you've dealt with like a bad client, you've dealt with the union and you <laughs> lost money and you still don't know what you're doing, but you start figuring things out. So a couple of things happened. When I started focusing on my strengths, at the time, those were sales, frankly, sales and marketing were my two strengths. You know, sales is important when you're dealing with a client, when you can build a relationship. So I started focusing on residential because in residential, you can talk to the person, you can be on site, you can have conversations, it's a lower risk, smaller jobs. So I shifted to residential and that was becoming very successful. And it turns out that was the right move because I ended up doing a million dollars from Starbucks. Didn't have an office. You know, I would go to Starbucks. By the way, Starbucks in the bookstore. Those were like my home because they were literally attached to each other. And I would go get the free coffee from Starbucks. Heck and yeah. 
yeah, I had no money, man. Like they, they knew me yeah. there, right? So <laughs> it was like, uh, it was a good way to get educated for free at that yeah. time. But at the same time, I'm very, very, very intrinsically motivated. So it's not very many people have that level of motivation, let's say. I would have loved for nothing more. And I didn't know this at the time, right? Because Acadian didn't exist at the time. But if there was a place where I can go find a mentor and I can get some actual work experience doing something that I want to try and you know, just even try, frankly, at the time, I would have tried it for sure. See if I liked it. I would have been all over that. It's, you know, like that would have been like a dream for me. But that wasn't the case. I, I had to learn by just going through a lot more suffering. At the same time, I do believe that suffering is important, right? You know, pain plus reflection equals progress. So it's something that I just learned how to deal with, you know, throughout my career. So did the construction bit for a while, million dollars from Starbucks. And then I got a little basement office and I ended up actually hiring a bunch of my friends who graduated because they had no idea what to do with their lives. Meanwhile, I built this at the time, you know, one or $2 million business. And I was looking to hire. Um, so I hired them, paid them commissions only because it was still, you know, super early. And then we started with this little tiny office and then we expanded out. We took the whole basement and then eventually we got a whole building and um, screwed across Canada to $5 million, and then $10 million in sales. And it, it was really cool time in my life because this was a time where me and my childhood friends all got together to build something magical and meaningful. And I don't think it's ever going to happen again. You know, because like, everyone now has their own lives, right? So it was just something that, and, and I ended up like, we didn't, I ended up leaving the construction industries, you know, or else I would have probably continued even longer, which is a bit unfortunate. But I, I just felt like I had to do something more impactful in my life, right? Like I had this, this drive and, and this ambition where it wasn't just about money. Like I'd already made a lot of money. Right. So by 25, I made over a million, you know, just to give you, and then, you know, why I'm older now, but that's, that's grown since then. It's gone down to near zero a few times, actually, especially when I shifted from construction to, to my next startup, which was actually a social media app, which eventually shifted into Acadium, what became Acadium. You know, that, that was really, really challenging as well because I had a bunch of real estate. Right. So I moved all my money from construction to real estate. And then I started a startup and I started funding it and growing. And there's an effect called a Dunning-Kruger effect. I don't know if you've heard of it, but pretty much it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a scale on competence and confidence. When you start something new, you are very confident, but you're not very competent. Right. And as you gain more competence, your confidence actually dips quite dramatically. And then it starts going back up slowly, nowhere to where near where you started, but it gets up after you become professional at that thing. Right. So, you know, I thought having been the king in construction and residential design build, I was literally one of the top guys in the whole country, in North America, actually, that this would be, you know, and it was a really hard industry, that this would be like a cakewalk, right? Another startup, not a big deal. We'll be, we'll be, we'll come the next Google in like two years. Like it's not a big deal, but the reality is very different than that. And it comes very hard and very painfully. So I actually sold a bunch of my real estate to fund the startup that didn't go anywhere. And, you know, that was a really big, big lesson for me in my life. And it was, it was not needed. It was just a lot of waste, frankly, but there was something really magical that did come from that. And even before that startup, I'd actually, all, you know, in my early construction days, we didn't have any money. We would work with students who were looking to launch their careers. 
We'd, I'd work with them. I'd help train them. In fact, a quarter of our staff started off as unpaid interns. So you know, that's how many of that's them we crazy. hired. Yeah. Like dozens of them we've hired. Yeah. Because they're just a great way to vet and get help, right? Like yes. if they're really good, you hire them. If they're not really good, they go on and launch their careers. And I did that in construction. And I was doing it in this other startup as well. And at that point, we were struggling in the startup. And one of my co-founders was like, Mo, you know, why are we doing this startup? Like, it's not really something you're passionate about, nor are you competent in that much. Here we have like hundreds of people trying to work for us unpaid to get experience. Like, clearly there's a problem in the education system. Why aren't we solving this thing? It's like, you know it, you know it so well, like you've done it for like such a long time. And I always just thought that it would solve itself. I'm like, come on, like there's like billions of dollars being spent right. here. There's so many people in the space, like they figured it, they're going to figure it out. Like they got it. But the reality is they didn't. Still an issue, you know, even though KDM is really making a dent in it, I think it's still an issue in terms of not, you know, society really pushing the four-year, you know, four-year education, post-secondary education and, you know, the prices of that education going up and up and up and up and up and not having scholarships or financial aid to really help offset that. It's still an issue. And there's trades and things and talents that are needed that we're seeing. I was before our conversation, we were talking about the fact that my husband is, he's a metal fabricator, but essentially he's a welder and they consider him a pup, like a puppy because he's 43 and he's one of the youngest in his trade. Well, all these guys are retiring and new welders are not coming into the field. There's because it's not being encouraged. And he had the benefit of going through a state approved apprenticeship. So he learned for in his instance, he was actually paid to because he had a partnership with the employer and the state. So he would go to class three nights a week and learn book learning. And then they would take that and match it on the job with what he needed to learn so that he could have tactical skills to be able to know how to do that. And so, but those things I think are so far, few and far between and or they're there, but no one's talking about them. You know, no one's, you know, educating people on the resources that are available to them. They just think that they only have this one option. And so we're like very, in our family, we're very pro-trade, pro-alternative to the, you know, like I'm like graduate high school like and post-secondary education of some sort is non-negotiable, but that could look like anything. Like my oldest daughter is 22 and she's in cosmetology school right now. My youngest or my, excuse me, my middle daughter is 20 and she says, I don't know what I want to do. And so I'm on hold right now because I'm not going to invest my money in into something. And so she's actually, she's my entre- entrepreneurial one. She's actually like a streamer on Twitch and making money playing video games and being funny on Twitch. Like she's doing something alternative and, you know, and learning how to entertain for money and doing, just, you know, just trying different things. And they both work. But, you know, we encourage our kids to look outside of the box. If four-year school is for you, then it's going to come from you. It's not going to come from us. You know what I mean? I think that what you're saying is like 100% correct. Yeah. And, and like, if you, look, if you look at the history of that, right? So, you know, let, let's, let's dig a little bit deeper here. Apprenticeships work. 
They're hundreds of years old. In fact, some are even thousands of years old. This isn't a new thing, but they've been done in industries that are very, very old as well, that have developed these apprenticeship systems because they knew they needed this talent and they figured out the best way of doing that. Now, when you look at knowledge workers, right, when you look at, you know, blue, not blue collar, white collar employees and careers, that's actually a brand new thing. Higher education didn't exist 500 years ago for any purpose except for the very wealthy to get educated, not to get launch a career. It had nothing to do with launching a career. 100%. It was simply for the aristocracy, aristocrats and, and the very wealthy to get some sort of education from philosophy and for their own benefits. Mm-hmm. And then we had this explosion of white collar jobs that came about. And really in the 50s is when post-secondary started becoming a thing, right? Before then, it wasn't really much of a thing. And then, and it worked. It actually worked okay. It was a decent system for the economy at that time. But then something actually happened to change all that. It was called the internet. So the internet created a new class of digital jobs, and those jobs changed very quickly. But the system that was feeding, you know, white-collar corporate America between, let's say, the 60s, 70s, to the 90s, mid 90s, right? That's about a 30 year time frame. That was actually working well. You go to school, you had a high probability of getting a job in white collar corporate America. But then the internet came out, screwed everything up. It changed the job market. And now it's even accelerating. It's going much, much quicker, these digital jobs. But the system has remained the same. It hasn't even just remained the same. It's gotten fatter, it's gotten more expensive. It's the cost of education has increased higher than any other cost, more than mortgages, more than cars, more than anything. It's, it's number one in inflation is the cost of education. And the outcomes have been declining where 73% of graduates are employed outside of their field of study. 56% are underemployed, means they're not even using a degree, right? So you're coming into an economy that's changing extremely quickly. And economic mobility is a must in this economy because the jobs change so rapidly. You've seen this in COVID. How many jobs have changed in COVID? Oh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about, so Acadium is a platform. This is, I'm, this is the, as a consumer, because so just so the listeners and the viewers know, I have had Acadium mentees before. I've actually had five. And so Acadium is an apprenticeship platform specifically for marketing and digital marketing is is like the the niche really but there's so much behind that you know of of variety of skills and things and so tell me that's my consumer version of what acadium is to me tell me what how what and how mentorship works in acadium Absolutely. So, I mean, we created Acadium for a purpose and there's a mission in Acadium and it's to accelerate the advent of economic mobility. And how we do this is by making launching a career accessible to anyone. And right now we're focusing on digital marketing, but anybody in the world can come to Acadium and launch a career in digital marketing for free, for no cost. All they need is their will, And that's it. They just got to show up and work hard and they can launch a career in digital marketing for no cost. How this is enabled is we connect them with business owners who are looking for help. These are small business owners. They're cash constrained. They don't have a lot of money, but they have a business that they focus on and that they 
that they work towards. They have experience. They have mentorship they can provide back. They can give, instead of money to their apprentice, they can give them feedback, guidance, and mentorship. And for the apprentice who has zero or very little experience, this is more valuable than money because nobody's going to pay them if they have no idea what they're doing or just a very small amount of experience, right? They're not going to get paid for that, or at least they're not going to get paid very often for that. So in Acadian, we match these people who are looking for experience with businesses who have you know, the, feed, the ability to give feedback, guidance, and mentorship to their apprentice. This is a core part of our marketplace, right? The exchange is mentorship, feedback, and guidance for unpaid help. That's how it works. And then they become a business becomes a member of Acadium. We connect them to our marketplace, all done through our products. There's thousands and thousands of apprentices on Acadium. These are people that we vet. We also vet businesses. Like we don't let any business on Acadium. Like they have to be a good business. Like they have to want to provide mentorship. They have to be somewhat established in their business. Like if they just started yesterday, Acadium is not really a place for them, right? They have to have worked that's valuable for their apprentice to do that they can give them feedback and guidance on. So there's a criteria that we vet our businesses with because we want to get the very best mentors in Acadium and we want to give them this tremendous value of help, right? Like we have this, right now it's digital marketing, but you could imagine in the future that could be sales, it could be recruiting, it could be bookkeeping, it could be design work, you know? And, and for these businesses that are willing to provide mentorship and help their apprentices, they're, they're going to get this tremendous value back from their apprentices. And frankly, it's also not only a good way to get affordable help, it's also a great way to find rockstar talent. Because as you know, if you're a business and you make a mistake in hiring, that could sink you, that could drop you months, years back in your progress. So it's super important that you get the right candidate into your business. And, you know, in Acadium, it's a bit of a, not only affordable help, but a try before you could buy, where you can vet these candidates. And if they're really good, you can bring them on uh, into your company with little or no risk because you've worked with them and you know they're, they're going to be a good fit for your business. And I wanted to give a little plug too, because I've recommended for a lot, because I'm in a lot of entrepreneur groups and I've recommended Acadium to a lot of people who need help, who aren't maybe quite ready to hire or don't feel like confident to hire yet. And so I say, you know, this is like a baby step way in, but they like will look at the vetting intake and then say, well, I'm not a digital marketing specialist. So this maybe doesn't apply to me. And uh, like I was telling Mo before we started, like if you are a small business owner and you've been in business for any period of time and you are a legitimate small business owner, you do have marketing experience because how are you making sales? How are you making money? How are you getting visibility? How are you getting your name out there? And so a lot of times what these apprentices need is a little bit of guidance and they need somebody to allow them to have the keys to your business. They need access to your social media account so that they can test and try out different things. Like I've learned, I always say that I learn something from my mentees every single time. Like straight up, my very first Acadia mentee taught me Google Analytics. I had no idea this was a thing because I was fairly, I had been in my business, but I was like new and I hadn't like engaged a lot of consultancies yet. And it was like, this is the coolest and creepiest thing I've ever seen in the whole world. And she had taken a class in Google Analytics. And so she ran it for my website and like taught me all about the different things that it showed. And then we use that information 
to change the marketing strategy of how we were showing up online. And so like, these are people who maybe they have very little experience, but they have an interest. They have, they have some competency in some area. They just haven't had a chance to really try it out yet. And so if you think that you're not a marketing specialist, but you're in small business, you're getting out there somehow and you have something to give. And you, you have like a lot of times, like I said, it's just handing the keys over to somebody and saying, okay, this is, you need to have a good, you need to have a good handle on your brand voice. You need to have a good handle on how you're showing up and who you're talking to. Because if you don't, then the person that's the mentee has no idea. They're not going to figure it out for you. But if you do have a good handle on your brand voice and who you're ta- who your ideal client is, you can instruct that mentee and then say, that was almost right. Like, let's tweak the next time and do this or let's edit that. Or you can even have them submit to you first before they post it and say, you know, this is this is really good, but let's like tweak this and that and then post it. So you're not like by handing over the keys, I'm not insinuating that you completely let them post with no regard to what you your input is, but you but you need to know that if you are visible on the interwebs, you do have marketing experience and you do have valuable mentorship experience. And it does foster a feeling of goodwill. It fosters, you know, my first mentee. And I still keep in touch. And she now has a career in digital marketing. And that makes me so happy inside because I had a small part in that happening for her because she could say, and then I wrote her like the most beautiful letter of recommendation because I wasn't in a position to hire her, but I could say, hey, she had amazing initiative. She was creative. She thought outside of the box. She took direction really well. She was able to take constructive criticism and re-pivot and redirect. You know, these are things that you can do for somebody that go a really long way, even if you're not a digital marketing specialist. And so I would just say like, don't be intimidated by the vetting process. Just go in with that mindset. How am I showing up? How am I visible as a small business owner? And think about it because... Number one, it's affordable help for you. And number two, you really have this ability to make an impact in the life of somebody. Maybe it's a young person. Maybe it's somebody repivoting their career, especially with the pandemic. You know, somebody who's having to rethink everything. You know, you could be the key to them really getting the job of their dreams. And or maybe they're the person that's supposed to end up with you, you know, in the long run. So it's been a really amazing experience for me. But I just like I wanted to plug that little that little thing of saying like don't be intimidated because it is a vetting process for a reason you have to have something to give but 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 you do if you're a small business owner with a social media presence of any kind you do have something to give yeah you nailed it the main criteria that we look for is the willingness to provide mentorship because we found that that is the number one indicator of a successful apprenticeship, right? So if you're willing to provide feedback guidance to your apprentice, that is more important than being a marketing expert who just is really terrible and doesn't care about their apprentice and treats them like a contractor. These are not contractors. They're not getting paid. They're here because they are genuinely interested in helping you build your business. 
that's why they come in the Acadium and that's why they, they chose you as a business to work with, right? Because that's what it is, is they're going to pick you like, you know, you're also going to pick them. And that's why they're here. It's a reciprocal win-win relationship. And mentorship is the key to all of that. And if you don't have a ton of experience, it's not the end of the world. As long as you're willing to provide that back to them. And, you know, when you when you think about yourself early in your career and you don't have confidence, you just don't know if you're, if, if you're able to do something. And you've been rejected over and over and over again. I, I know this. I've been there. A lot of people have been there. I know our Acadium apprentices have been there. And they come to Acadium and finally somebody says, hey, I believe in you. I'm going to invest in you. I'm going to give you this mentorship. And you know, for them, they're going to put their effort in and they're going to help you as a business. But finally, someone believes in them, right? Because before it was like, I believe in you because you know, you have the experience and, and I believe in you because I'm going to, I'm going to pay you. But when you remove the money aspect, it lowers the expectations on, you know, the kind of work. It, it changes the relationship completely. In my opinion, it turns it into a mentor mentee relationship a lot more than if you're paying them and you're expecting them to perform, you know, especially if they're part-time like you would a contractor, you know, and I've seen people's lives change. It's one of the most common things I've seen in, in apprentices after they finish is they have this incredible sense of confidence that they're like, wow, I was actually, I was actually able to do it. I just didn't believe I could do it. And, you know, it's, it's the business owners that enable them to get that confidence. And that's all you need sometimes because the rest, the rest is up to you. Like it's your fate that you, you know, you control your fate you can change your life, you know? And then that's why I get so excited to wake up every day and push our mission of Acadium of enabling economic mobility, you know, just seeing people launch their careers every single day for free on our platform, seeing businesses find these amazing relationships, see business, seeing businesses grow their businesses, get this affordable help, find this amazing talent. You know, for me, it's not about the money. The money is completely irrelevant. It's about this impact that we have with the Acadium and this big idea but of, of enabling businesses to provide job training. And that's the core of Acadium. That's the whole unique value prop is small businesses can provide better job training than higher education. This is what we believe, that on-the-job training is more impactful than a centralized institution providing training. And this is what we built our company around is this community of business owners, this community of, of apprentices, people who want to improve their lives, business owners who want to improve their lives, this like-mindedness of, of progress and improvement and community. And this is the kind of people that we look for. This is what we vet for. We don't vet for like somebody being an expert. That's not at all. We, we just vet for this, this belief of, of, of helping each other and providing the mentorship and providing value back to the businesses. And if you are someone who believes this as well, Acadium is a place for you. It's a place where you can belong. Yeah. I like, I can't agree more. I, you know, as again, as somebody who's used the service and who 
just believes in the mission all around. I feel like learning on the job is really important. You know, I do virtual assistant matchmaking and I I have a very similar mission in this in the in the fact that by placing one of my clients with a virtual assistant that you're providing financial quality of life for the virtual assistant in the Philippines. And you're providing an opportunity for them to be an entrepreneur as well. So it's like a win-win. Like you get somebody who is maybe at a lower rate for you, but it's a living wage and or, you know, above living wage for them. And then they also have this opportunity to become an entrepreneur as well. So you have this philanthropic sort of connection to each other where you're both helping each other. And I feel like Acadium is the same in the sense that you as a business owner have help. You're not, it's not all on you, but you are also providing the mentorship opportunity to the mentee to, you know, to have that feedback, to be able to learn, grow and gain confidence in your skills. And, you know, and overall, it's just a different experience. You're not going to get that experience in a digital marketing class. You know, you can do it in a simulation environment, but it's not the same as real life feedback from seeing what happens when you try something on somebody's social media profile and or their podcast or their blog or doing paid ads or, you know, all the myriad of all the different things that Acadium provides, you know, that you might be looking for help with. And when I say that there is so many things that you can go to Acadium to get help with, it is staggering what people are looking for experience in. We're not just talking about creating content. We're talking about SEO experience. We're talking about, you know, like, I mean, just anything that you can think of that has to do with marketing, you know, lead magnets and newsletters and all sorts of things, places where you may be missing components in your business, but knowing that you want help with that, you could provide, you could be the one who provides that experience for somebody and And here's the bottom line. If you're not doing something, but you have a little bit of knowledge about it, any help is more than what you're doing right now. You know what I mean? So if somebody's helping you 10 hours a week in something that you can mentor them in, but you're not doing it because you are tapped out on time, 10 hours a week in that corner of your business is more more than the zero hours a week that you're doing right now. And so a mentee is going to really add value to your business and you are going to pour love and life and opportunity into their life. So I can't, you know, I could go on and on and on, but I won't. (laughs) But so at the end of every podcast, I always ask each guest two questions. And this is kind of unfair because I didn't prepare you, but, and I usually do, but that's okay. We're just going to like, you know, go with this. So the first one's easy. And that is if somebody listened to this podcast or watched us on YouTube and they came away with one thing about Acadium, mentorship, apprentices, any of the topics that we talked about, if they came away with one thing from this podcast, what would be the one thing that you would want them to know? Acadium is a place that anyone can come to get economic mobility and launch a career for free. I love that. I love that. Okay, here's the trickier question. And if you need like a moment to collect yourself, 
That's okay. But I ask every guest, and it doesn't have to be specific to this topic, but what would you say is the best piece of advice or like a mantra or something that's really resonated with you that you've ever been given or that you take with you every day that just like really, really sticks with you? And that could be from somebody that you know or something that you've read, just something that really has stood out for you and made an impact in your life. I have so many of those actually. You I, can pick I'm, two. <laughs> I'm, I'm big on affirmations, right? Yeah. I get the first one that comes to mind. I, I feel like Nike really nailed this. Just do it. Yes, so good. And and related to that one is 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 go first. Oh, I like not that. always. Sometimes you actually there's a strategic advantage in going second, but usually people are always waiting for someone to go first and they want to follow. But by them going first, they unlock that avenue, like let's say in a relationship, you want to apologize, but you're waiting for the other person to apologize, or you want to send a gift, but you're waiting for the other person to send a gift, right? Or you want to do this nice thing, but they didn't do a nice thing for you. Yeah. So it's like, you just got to go first, put that all aside and go first. I, I love that. I love that. Well, Mo, this has been an absolute pr- pleasure to have you on the show. I know we're going to plug your social media handles in the show notes. And guys, check out Acadium. If you need help, if you're um, looking for an opportunity to give back to the community and or you just need someone to help you in your business and you're willing to give up a half an hour to an hour of your time every week in turn for having another set of hands that are willing and interested to dive into your business, go to acadium.com and really, really dive into that process. Just poke your head around and see what Mo and his founders and his team are doing. And I can't encourage you enough to do so. And Mo, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And this, my friends, has been another episode of the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gonzalez, and I'm so grateful that you've joined us today. Have a wonderful day. 